0: Amen. You guys can have a seat, and I'm going to invite all the kids, elementary age, so fifth grade and younger, come on up front. Thank you, Brayden, setting the example. Come on up front and grab a seat on this center carpet area. My name is Kyle. I'm the pastor of family ministries here at Vintage Grace, and we have got an incredible community of kids, and maybe some visitors tonight, too. Alright, so, I'm so glad you guys made it. You're the night owls, right? I know <laughs> Don't give it away. Are you guys excited for Christmas? Yeah! Yeah? <laughs> Somewhat. I'm excited for Christmas. Let me ask you this. Do you guys like going to parties? Yes. Do you like celebrating at parties? Yes. Yeah. Maybe you've got um, an end-of-the-year school party or somebody invites you to their birthday party or your sports team has a party at the end of the season. Parties can be really fun. What, what are some things that we do to celebrate and be loud at a party? What do you think, Brayden? Sing. sing, yeah. If it's a birthday party, probably sing happy birthday. What else? What do you think? Open presents, definitely. That's a great thing. Carson? Have fun, yeah? Eat cake. Somebody said that first service too. Celebrating with your mouth. I like it. What else? Yell, sure. There's all kinds of things. We can sing sometimes. You go to a party and they give you like a little horn like this. Oh, that's so awful. Who invented that? Or uh, maybe they give you a noisemaker, right? Or maybe you just high five somebody and, and smack hands. Well, do you have to go to a party to celebrate though? No, you can celebrate all the time. Like maybe you see a friend that you haven't seen all summer in a long time and you get excited and you celebrate. Or maybe you score a goal or hit a home run in in, in your game and you want to celebrate then, right? Or maybe your parents tell you that uh, they're going to take you to the awesome new movie in the theater. That's a reason to celebrate, all right? (laughs) So maybe you hear some good news and you want to clap, Or maybe you can find a random bell in your house and shake it. (laughs) Here's the point. I think the most fun ways to celebrate are when you can make noise and be loud. (laughs) I am pretty loud in that. Thank you. Um, So tomorrow, we all get to celebrate Christmas, right? Right? I'm curious, what do you guys think the most exciting thing about Christmas is? Just yell it out, what do you think? Jesus! Okay. Presents, Jesus' birthday, anything in the back row? Most exciting thing about Christmas? Anybody excited about food? I think there's so many things to get excited about at Christmas, right? We eat really good food, you get to hang out with your family, your cousins, your aunts and uncles. You get to decorate cookies and, and trees and maybe gingerbread houses. You get to string lights. You get to sing songs. Maybe you watch Christmas movies. There's all kinds of things that we get to celebrate at Christmas. And you know what? I just want to encourage you guys tomorrow as you're celebrating with your family, don't forget to celebrate loud and make some noise. You're welcome, parents. Celebrate your family. Celebrate the yummy food and eat a lot of it. Celebrate the presents. Celebrate Jesus and, and thank you. You're stealing my thunder, Carson. More than anything, you guys know what the greatest gift anyone can receive on Christmas is? Yeah. I about Christmas. You do. <laughs> I would quiz you, but we don't have time, Landon. So here's the thing. It's long. It's a short, quick thing. Can you tell me after? Okay. So <laughs> the greatest present, guys, the greatest gift we could ever receive on Christmas isn't something that can be wrapped in a box or stuck in your stuff stocking. The greatest gift that we can celebrate on Christmas is a relationship with Jesus. It's why God sent Jesus years and years ago to be a baby so that we could come to know him and have a relationship with him. God sent Jesus as a baby so he could grow up and so that we, years later, could come to be his friend and so that he could be our helper and even our king. So as we celebrate, I know you're going to do all kinds of fun stuff with your family tomorrow. And I just want to remind and encourage you guys, celebrate Jesus as being that friend that goes with you everywhere you go so you don't ever have to feel lonely. Celebrate that Jesus is your helper so you can bring all your problems and the challenges that you face to him and he'll encourage you. Celebrate that Jesus is your king and he's in control. No matter what you go through, trust him that he's going to work it for good for you. And most of all, celebrate Jesus as your savior who came to give his life so that we could be forgiven of all the times we mess up and do bad stuff, that God would forgive us so that we can enjoy him and worship him every day of our lives. Can you guys do that? As you celebrate tomorrow, can we celebrate all that we have in the gift of Jesus? (laughs) No, they are too. They just aren't as loud. So here's the thing, though, guys. Here's the catch that I need you to remember. When you're celebrating Jesus tomorrow, I need you to do it loud. I want you to make noise. Get your whole family involved. If you want to sing happy birthday, sing, sing happy birthday. If you want to make a dance up or play instruments, or maybe you can look around your house and find a random horn and just blow it and say, thank you, God, for sending Jesus. No. Parents, you can take this home if you want. Can we celebrate Jesus and be loud? Okay, I tell you what, as you guys get up and head back to your seats, we've got a fun little gift, and Pastor Drew's going to tell you how you can use it later on in the service, okay? So stop by and see Matthew, Marissa, or Danielle, and they're going to have a fun gift. Grab that and go back and see your parents. Thank you. All right, thank
1: you, kids. Our our theme tonight is Not So Silent Night, and, uh, and I love the idea that tonight, I didn't think about this, We figured first service would be crazy crowded, but my my brother here just said, but second service is intimate. So I'm going to sit on a stool. Is that all right? Just feels a little more intimate. Um, And and just an opportunity. I love Christmas Eve. I love Christmas. I love Easter. And I love that what we're doing this week, kids, is we're celebrating Jesus and we're celebrating who he is and why he came. And you've got some special lights and I'm going to encourage you to use those at the end of the service. We're going to need those kids at the end of the service. So hold on to those. And you'll have a special way to use those soon. But I'm curious where the heck the idea of silent night came from. Because as far as I'm concerned, has anyone ever been to a Christmas that's silent or that's quiet at all? Like Christmas in my house is chaos. Is it just in my house? Because I can send my boys to yours. Just send me your address. We'll send them on over. But there's no such thing as a silent night. In fact, I looked all over scripture. There's no such thing as a silent night in scripture either. I think it comes from Luke chapter two. In Luke chapter two, the author writes this. He says, and Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. It was about a four-day journey, 70 to 90 miles, David, uh, David, the city of David, Joseph took off with his pregnant wife-to-be. Now, how fun do you think that was? Think about running a marathon and then get done with your wife and then do it the next day and then get done, and then do it the next day, and then get done and do it again. She's like, baby, will you please just rub my feet one more time? Now, she's pregnant. She's ready to burst, and they get to the city where they're supposed to go, his town, Bethlehem, and it was time for her to give birth, the author writes. And then Luke goes on, and he says this, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in the swaddling cloth, laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. So they're running around and they finally get to their town. There's nowhere to go and they're banging on doors and they're trying to figure out where to go. Does this sound quiet? Does this sound peaceful? Have any of you ever heard a baby cry? Is that quiet? Or or what about surrounded? The Bible talks about him being born and laying in a manger and maybe there are animals around and shepherds and sheep and goats. Anyone been in a farm? Is that silent? Is that quiet at all? Or, I don't know about you guys, have you ever heard angels hark? First of all, harking is the listening part, but the heralds that come and they sing, and they sing Gloria, and they sing out loud. Have you ever heard angels sing? Huh. Apparently we didn't download the angel version, we just downloaded the musical version. Oh, there we go. See, second service, you get time a little bit better. All right, choir in the back. Are you ready? First service means you get to practice, and the choir is nails tonight. But does that sound silent at all? I get this idea in Luke chapter 2 that it wasn't a very silent night at all. It was probably loud. It was chaotic. It was busy. It was hustle and bustle. So I go to ask the question, so then why silent night? Why did this song come? It's not from the Bible. It actually came almost 200 years ago. There was a man that no one knows. Anyone here ever heard of Joseph Moore? One of you. Hannah, you don't count your music student. No one in first service and one here. One of us heard of Joseph Moore. He was a nobody and he was sitting in his room and he wrote a poem about the birth of Jesus. And a year later, he walked about six or seven miles to another town where his best buddy was. And one of his good buddies was Franz Gruber. And in 1817, he put music to this poem. And it was in 1818 that the most popular Christmas carol first was sung at St. Nicholas Cathedral. Only appropriate, right, to sing the Christmas carol at St. Nicholas Cathedral. 200 years ago is where this song became known. And it was a family that was a traveling musician family like the Von Trops that came along, they heard the song and then they stole it and started singing it everywhere and and stole it with permission. But that's what everyone does. Right. And the girl, they start singing this song all over the place. And this song now is one of the most popular Christmas carols across America and all over the world. Even at the Folsom ice rink, we went skating yesterday as a family. They're singing this song. This song is everywhere. But my question is why? Why do we sing about a silent night? And I think this is where Franz got it from. When he was doing the composing, he saw this verse in Luke chapter 2 verse 6. And she gave birth to her firstborn and she wrapped him in swaddling cloth and she laid him down in a manger. And this is what we celebrate today. That God himself came to us in the form of a babe named Jesus so that it would be God with us, Emmanuel. That's the songs that we sing, that God is with us. And it doesn't matter if it was a silent night or a loud night or a a still night. What matters is that God came and was with us. And that's what we celebrate. And that's why they wrote these words, round yon virgin as we gather, mother and child, holy infant, tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, as she lays the baby down in this manger. And then the second verse, because God, the Son of God, loves pure light. And that's a picture of God invading the darkness of this world. 400 years was the gap between the time of which the Jews were wandering and waiting for their Savior and when the New Testament was written. And we believe that is when Jesus came. That Jesus came after these 400 years of silence, of being quiet. And when Jesus came, like Kyle just talked about to all you kids, when we get excited when something good happens. Like right now, it's the Major League Baseball off-season Because football season didn't exist this year, right? So we're excited when the Giants do something, and we get excited and we make noise, and that's this noise. Radiance beams with holy face, the dawn of redeeming grace. The shepherds quake at the noise, and glory streams from heaven above, and the heavenly hosts sing hallelujah. There's this great uproar of excitement. It's not a silent night because the Messiah has come. Because the one that we've been waiting for has finally made his way here to save us, to set us free. Not the way the Jews were anticipating, like religious freedom away from the Roman Empire, but actual spiritual freedom. Because the reality is that we are in bondage. That we are not just up a creek without a paddle, but we need hope. Anyone here need more hope this morning? This evening? It's nighttime. I even had first service to practice. But I need more hope. I need more joy. I need more opportunity. I need more belief that there's something better. The world's wonderful. It is, but it's not all there is. There's so much more. And I believe the reason why they wrote Silent Night was simply this, because I think that they recognized that they needed hope, that they needed more than they have. And for a brief moment, I believe that there was this cosmic gasp. There was this pause. And all of the world recognized that now, the Savior had come. That now Jesus was here and that forever eternity would be different because the hope of the world was born in Bethlehem that day. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. That's why we celebrate Jesus. All you ladies in the back row, I heard when Kyle asked what Christmas was about and you all said Jesus. So you get the gold star, not all these guys talking about presents. Jesus, born in Bethlehem, wrapped in a manger. And if Jesus was here tonight, I'm convinced he would share this with us. He would say, I came to a messy manger so that you would understand there's no mess in your life that I'm not prepared to handle. I entered into one then, and I'm ready to enter into one today. I had some college students in my office recently. They were talking about their application process. And when you apply for college, what do you have to list on your application, right? All your extracurricular events and why you're good enough and why you should be let in. And I think we get consumed with that. I think often we feel that that's the same way with church or with Jesus. We got to get our life together and then we'll come to God. And Jesus says, no, no, no. I came to you. You don't ever have to come to me. If your life is messy, I know that's why I came. That's why I'm here. I'm here to bring order to the chaos. I'm here to give you hope for your future. I'm here to help you understand that there's more to your life than your mortgage or even your marriage or your kids that aren't behaving or the things in your life that you just can't figure out. I'm here because I am the hope of the world. I'm here because I am here to bring you peace. And it's not just solutions to your world's problems, but it's solution to the ultimate problem. Because the reality is, God created me and all of us for relationship with him. But I didn't measure up. Maybe you're different, but I didn't measure up. I believe that the Bible talks about this, that we just, we fell short. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus says, I was born in Bethlehem, the most unlikely place where a king would be born, so that I could also be born again in you, not about what you earn, and it's all about grace. Jesus could have come to a palace. He could have come to Jerusalem. could have come to Rome, where all the empire would have celebrated him. But instead, he went to Bethlehem with unlikely place. The author and the composer Franz, they were nobodies. And yet God used them to change the culture of of Christmas for us in song. And God uses this baby born in a manger, and he uses us. And that's Jesus' invitation to us to receive the gift of the light of the world, to be the living, proof of loving God, to receive him and to live differently. And that's what we celebrate this silent night. But it's not a silent night because we celebrate. Kids, are you ready to celebrate? Yes. Parents, are you ready to celebrate? No. no. Because Christmas is tough because it's chaotic. But Jesus says this. He says, whatever you're worried about, because I think worry is one of the biggest issues right now that I struggle with. We've got work, we've got family, we've got crisis, we've got job, we've got cars, we've got house, we've got this and that, and the debt grows, and life is overwhelming, and we don't see any way out. Hear Jesus tonight simply say this. Worry is a false belief that when you get to the future, I won't be faithful. See, I'm convinced that's why Jesus came, Jesus came 2,000 years ago because now we know 2,000 years later that he can be trusted, that he is faithful. He came to show us that he is here now and that he is ready to handle whatever it is that you're struggling with. Whatever it is, maybe it's just your Christmas, you're overwhelmed. Maybe you're ready to be done. You can't wait for the 26th. But let me encourage you, Jesus will be there waiting for you. Maybe this is your first time at church in a long time. Welcome. Welcome to Vintage Grace. Welcome to an opportunity to hopefully hear God simply tell you this. I love you. I love you. I care about you, not because of what you've done for me, but because of the value that I have in you, that you're mine. And he came to give us life and to give us life abundantly. So I believe that Jesus' perspective is simply this. It's not just the silent night. It's not just the not-so-silent night. It's both and. It is a holy, holy night that changes everything. And that everything has changed because of who Jesus is. And I want to invite you tonight to take a moment to reflect on this truth. To reflect on the reality that Jesus came in this world in the midst of our chaos. He came to chaos so that he could be the light of the world. I want to invite the ushers forward at this time. And as they walk by at church, often we do things like we receive an offering or or we pass a basket. Actually, Vintage Grace, we don't do that very often at all. We have For God boxes in the back. But in honor of Jesus, whose birthday we're celebrating, we're gonna give an offering. So as the ushers pass the baskets, I wanna invite everyone to take, because Jesus came and he gave it all. And you're gonna take a glow stick, symbolic of him being the light of the world, and you're gonna break it, not literally break it, you're gonna crack it, and shake it around. So ushers, you can pass that now, because Jesus' perspective on this earth is simply this. I came to bring life, I came to bring hope. I came on a holy night. And we get to sing as a church. We get to celebrate as a church the gift and the good news of who Jesus is and what he came and brought. Father God, thank you for this holy night. Thank you for this silent night. Thank you for this divine night that we celebrate your birth. And we as a congregation and as a church want to make much of you. We want to point people towards you because you are the light that is now in us. And all of his people said, amen. Stand with me and sing this closing song. Holy night. And in his grace, we simply believe that on the night that Jesus was born, the whole world changed. Everything changed. The light of the world entered into the darkness of our heart. And if you've never trusted Christ or treasured Christ, let me encourage you that he came for you that he loves you just as you are. He didn't come telling you to change. He came to be the light that we couldn't be. He came to give us a better way of life. He died on a cross that we celebrated Easter. He lived a perfect life, showing that it was possible to have commitment and faith and relationship with the Father, and he died a perfect death so that we could have life with God. And I want to encourage you tonight, if you've not taken a moment to think about who Jesus is in your life, why he came, why he lived, and why he died, that there's no better night than tonight. Because I do believe it's a divine night. It's a holy night. It's a silent night. It's a not-so-silent night. It's the night that you need to hear from Jesus that he loves you, that he cares about you just as you are. And if you don't yet know who Jesus is, can I encourage you that he is simply this, the Savior of the world, the light of the world. He came so that you can have life. And if you don't yet trust him, please see me tonight. Please treasure him. Please talk to the person that invited you. Please understand that he came as the light of the world so that you might have life everlasting. Jesus came so that he might be the light of your life. So Jesus, I pray that you would be kindled in us, that you would lead us, that you would shine truth in us, that you would be God with us, that you would be God for us, and that you would be God in us so that we would go and be the hope of the world for people that are settling for just Christmas and not for life everlasting with you. So Father God, bless our night. We bless you because you blessed us in that day on that manger with Jesus. And all of his people said, amen. Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We're not meeting this Sunday as a church. We'll be meeting in one more Sunday, January 4th, back here, 9.30. We'll see you then. Have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas and God bless.